Good morning again. I wanted to tell you all a few things about Father's Day. But first, I wanted to ask you, do you know what day today is? John Wesley's birthday. Jenny's got it right, yeah. Now, there's, now you can't imagine the United Methodist Church being in controversy, right? But there's actually, some people think John Wesley was born on the 17th of June, and some people think he was born on the 28th of June, 1703. But uh, I think he was born on the 17th. But anyway, it's John Wesley's birthday this month, one way or the other. And it's something for us all to be aware of. I was curious. Sometimes I do these things, you know, I get curious. And uh, I was wondering about Father's Day. Father's Day itself is embroiled in controversy, maybe, if you want to look at it that way. When you look at, when you look at the history of Mother's Day, it's pretty clear cut when they started doing it and blah, 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 and all that sort of stuff. When you look at Father's Day, there's a whole laundry list of things, and I, I, I made notes. But of course, it actually started in the Roman Catholic Church in the Middle Ages, and it was celebrated on March the 19th, which is St. Joseph's Day. So anyway, and, and that tradition was actually carried into the, I guess I can still say New World, right? Into the New World by the Spanish and the Portuguese. But there never was an established, clear-cut Father's Day, even into the 20th century. But in the, in the 20th century, the first time it was celebrated was on July the 5th, 1908, in Fairmont, West Virginia, in a Methodist church of all places, right? And like I say, you might want to look it up on Wikipedia. That's where I got all of this. There are all sorts of things. But one thing I found interesting was that in, in 1915, there was a guy named Harry Meek. Harry Meek was in the Lions Club, and he thought it would be a good idea to have a day to honor fathers. And so Harry said it ought to be the third Sunday of June, because that was his birthday. <laughs> so I guess Harry Meek's name really didn't fit him that well, did it? He didn't seem to be so meek. Anyway, and there are other there were other tries at it and everything else. Uh, President Johnson signed a proclamation in 1966 saying that the third Sunday of June ought to be Father's Day, and then not to be outdone, Richard Nixon in 1972 signed a law saying that uh, the third Sunday of June was gonna be Father's Day. So anyway, enough about Father's Day, but I think it is appropriate, and actually, actually I didn't plan it this way, but when I thought about doing the sermon on the, the series on the Ten Commandments, it couldn't work out better for the commandments that we're gonna talk about today, which are the horizontal commandments on the second tablet of the commandments the ones about the things that really tell us what to do to show that we love our neighbors. I want to start with a couple of other scriptures before I read today's scripture reading. And of course, uh, these are, these are the scriptures that Jesus was alluding to when he was asked the question in the New Testament reading that Frank read for us a minute ago. And I think all of you know where they come from, but th these are things that need to be refreshed. These are things we need to know as Christians, and we need to remember that when Jesus was challenged by those around him, he turned to scripture as well. 
The foundation of our faith is Scripture, and we all need to be well-versed in it. So the first part of that comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, which says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then the second part of that comes from Leviticus, or the second part of what Jesus said in Matthew 22 that Frank read, comes from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. But I'm going to read verse 17 as well. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And today's scripture reading, as, as has been my habit the last two weeks, I'll read the, the whole chapter of Exodus 20 down to today's verses, which are actually verses 12 through 16, commandments 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. And next Sunday, we will spend the whole time talking about number 10. Consider the word of the Lord. When God spoke all these words, then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son, or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien, alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land, that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Be Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who gave us freedom and shows us how to keep it, 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Again, when we look there at verse 1, God gave the law to the Hebrews after they were delivered from bondage. God's will is for us to be free people and to be delivered from bondage. But there's much confusion about freedom and bondage and what it really means. And it's all spelled out right here. You see, we hear, or I hear anyway, these days, a whole lot of conversation about rights person's rights for any number of things. But it seems to me we hear very little talk about responsibility. And there are two sides of the same coin. You can't have rights without responsibilities. And these are spelled out here real clear for all of us. I mean, imagine what the world would be like if everyone honored their parents. If there was no murder, if there was no adultery, if there was no stealing, if no one lied to anyone else, wow. Moreover, I believe in the kingdom of heaven, folks will honor their parents, folks won't kill each other. There won't be any adultery because there won't be any marriage. So, I mean, I mean, Jesus, Jesus told us that, right? So, so uh, there, there won't be any stealing and there won't be any lying. And another way to look at it is, besides the way that that's the way things will be in the kingdom of heaven is, these are the, the, the fundamental, foundational directions for a civilized society, pure and simple. And violation of these in any, any time in history, we can go through history, there are all sorts of examples. When these rules have been violated consistently, societies don't last. The first one we talk about today is honoring our mother and father. There's so many things I could say about this, but I only have a limited time this morning. But, but I will say this, that it says there that honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land. Now some people look at that, some people look at that and say, well, that's, that's a reward that you get for honoring your parents. Maybe, and I won't, I won't argue that one way or the other, but I see it more as if, if a society is set up such that the people of society honor their parents, that society will last a long time. And in fact, we can, again, we can find examples in history. In societies where children don't honor their parents, those societies don't last very long. And societies that went from a, a society where children honored their parents to one that didn't, they failed pretty quickly. The other thing that honoring our parents does is 
it allows us to pass from generation to generation the traditions, the knowledge, the customs that are necessary for society to continue. But even more than these two things, honoring parents shows children that there is an authority outside of themselves. And one of the big, big problems that we have in our society today is that many people believe there's no authority outside of themselves. And this is learned through honoring parents. One other comment I'll make about this commandment, and then we'll press on, is that no place in the Old Testament does Scripture say that we should love our parents. It says we should honor them. It says we should love God. It says we should love our neighbor. It says we should love the stranger. But it doesn't tell us to love our parents. Now, why is that? I'm not sure that I know completely why that is, but I believe one of the reasons that is is because God doesn't ask us to do anything that we're not capable of doing. Now, most of us are, are easily capable of loving our parents. That's not a hard thing. But some people aren't. The sad truth is, is that some parents are just not good parents. Some people uh, just, maybe they shouldn't have been parents, but, but not everybody has had a stellar experience with their parents. And not everybody can love their parents, as sad as that may sound. And God doesn't ask us to do anything that would be psychologically detrimental to us. I, be I believe that with all my heart. But God does expect us to honor our parents, to revere our parents, and to show reverence for them always, always. Don't murder. Now, now this one, you know, shouldn't take much explanation, but I will say that in some translations of the Bible it says we shouldn't kill, right? Now, I'm sure everybody in here understands the difference between murder and killing, right? I mean, how many of you take a fly swatter and say, I'm going to murder a fly? <laughs> you don't, right? You can't, you can't murder an animal, okay? You can only murder another human being. And, and murder, quite simply, is the illegal taking of another human life. That's what it is. That's what it is, uh, pure and simple. And again, you know, think of what the world would be like if there wasn't that. You know, I mean, just this morning, I mean, just in joys and concerns there, Jessica mentioned that horrible situation with uh, her friend in Colorado, right? I mean, human life is precious. And God put that there to indicate that human life was precious. And there's, there's, really, there's really nothing worse that we can do than to wrongly take another human life just horrible. You know, there's an old joke. It says, uh, Moses came down from the mountain with the tablets of the Ten Commandments, and he, he addressed the people of Israel, and he said, the good news is I got him down to ten. <laughs> he says, the bad news is adultery is still in there. You know? So, you know, we can laugh about that because it's true. 
but we all know that adultery destroys families. And bottom line, all of these commandments that we're discussing this morning are about the sanctity of the family, which is again the foundation of a society, a civilized society. So anything that eats away at that is just wrong, and, and, and we don't need to take part in it. And again, think of the damage. We all know, we all know, it's no secret, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. But think of the damage that uh, you know of that have been done to people because of committing adultery. And uh, it's just, it's just uh, horrible. Then, one, then we go on to, to stealing, to stealing. Thou shalt not steal, right? Now, you could argue that these commandments that we're talking about this morning are all different permutations of stealing if you will, you know, adultery is stealing someone else's spouse. But uh, there's an interesting thing about the Eighth Commandment here. It, it doesn't put any limitations on it or stipulations on it. It says don't steal, and that means don't steal anything, whether that might be another person. Of course, we call that kidnapping, right? And ultimately, it turns into slavery whether it's someone's possessions, whether it's someone's spouse, whether it's someone's reputation, right? Again, society falls apart when we do those things. And speaking of society falling apart, we'll go to the, the ninth uh, commandment, not bearing false witness, which has, which has at least two meanings. One is to not bear false witness in court, to perjure oneself, because of you know, that, that makes a problem for the legal system. And in fact, under Jewish law, if you accuse somebody of something wrongly in court and are, and are found out to be that way, then you, are, you get the penalty they would get for the crime you were saying they committed. That's, uh, that's how serious it is. And then, of course, uh, how, can, how can you have a coherent society if you don't know what the truth is? You know, Dallas Willard tells a story. He says there, there was a little girl in, in vacation Bible school. I'll make it vacation Bible school since we're doing vacation Bible school this week. And the teacher said to her, what is a lie? And the little girl stood up and she said, a lie is an abomination to God and a very present help in time of trouble. <laughs> so, so, but you know, but, uh, but, but we do, you know, when, uh, when we get, uh, again, when, we, when we're afraid we might lie. If we think, if we think our reputation is going to be spoiled or something like that, we might lie. But again, I don't need to go into detail. Look around us in the world today. What would be different if people told the truth? And the sad truth of the matter is right now is you don't even know who's telling the truth or not, right? The, 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 the lies are so widespread throughout our world, who, who is telling the truth? I'll close with a, with a thought, since this is Father's Day, about an experience I had as a small child because of my father. My father worked in a savings and loan uh, when, when I was growing up, and until he retired, as a matter of fact. And back in 1965, they started doing all their work on computers. 
but the, the savings alone that my father worked for wasn't a big enough concern that they could buy their own computer. Computers were real expensive back then, and they didn't do doodly compared to now, right? Everybody's cell phone has more memory in it than the computer that my father's savings and loan rented to run their monthly reports on back then. But we used to, they, they rented time from Amarillo Hardware Company, which had this big mainframe IBM computer. And Tom Watson, the, the president of IBM, had a motto. Does anybody remember what it was? He had a lot of mottos. But, but in those days, if you'd go into where the computers were set up and all the IBM equipment was, there were these signs that said, think. That's what they said. They just said, think. And since we're talking about telling the truth and what we say and how important that is, I'd like to remind us this morning when we're talking about keeping the directions and keeping our society and keeping our families and keeping the love of God going throughout the world, before we speak, it's important to think. And if, it's, if it doesn't fit one of these categories, we shouldn't say it. Is it truthful? Is it helpful? Is it inspirational? Is it necessary? And is it kind? You know, if we do that, just in the, in the way we present ourselves, That'll take us a long way to keeping these five commandments that show us what it really means to love our neighbors. Amen?